Welcome to the River S. Discovery Trail, brought to you by the Friends of the Ridgefield National Wildlife Refuge. This auto companion will guide you around the 4.2-mile auto tour route. Your tour begins at the visitor contact station where you may have received this audio. Before you start, take a look at the list of recent wildlife sightings on the visitor station board so you can keep an eye out for the wildlife you might recognize. Be sure to pick up a brochure so you can record your own sightings. The Friends website keeps an updated list of bird sightings. Go to www.ridgefieldfriends.org. This is also a good time to pick up a map of the auto tour and check out the other informative brochures that are available. If you see a volunteer at the booth or any place on the refuge, please don't hesitate to ask questions. If you're visiting in the evening, be sure to check out the clock on the tour route that shows when the gate closes. Expect the tour to last at least one hour. The route is 4.2 miles around, and the speed limit is 15 miles per hour. Most important of all, look, listen, and observe. Put on your Hawkeyes and leave the city behind. The tour route is marked with 14 markers, which will serve as guideposts for you. You will start each section of this auto tour at one of these markers and listen as you slowly drive. When you hear this sound, it is time to pause the audio until you reach the next marker. Of course, you can pause the audio anytime to concentrate on something interesting. Now you are ready to start your tour at marker one which you will see directly in front of the contact station. Marker 1. Take a deep breath and take it all in. You may see more species of wild birds and animals here on Ridgefield National Wildlife Refuge than any other place in the Portland metro area. You are on a national wildlife refuge, one of 550 in the United States. The refuge is just that, a place of rest and repose for wildlife. This is their home, their habitat. We humans are lucky to have such a special place to enjoy the wonderful creatures that live here, and also those that migrate through the region. It is important for you to use your car as viewing blind and enjoy the tour from inside your car. The birds and animals here need undisturbed periods of rest and feeding to survive nature's challenges of winter and migration. It may seem backwards, but inside your car you are hidden from wildlife and driving slowly doesn't disturb them. Marker 2. Is that a bird or a stick? Look closely at the lakes on both sides of the road and notice how cleverly birds and other animals use protective coloration to disguise their presence. Look carefully. Does that log in the water really have a turtle on it? Is that a bird or is it just a stick? You may be able to see ducks, turtles, herons, woodpeckers, and other wildlife. The woody debris provides prime hiding spots for all of these creatures. Wait a minute. I think I hear a pileated woodpecker. Do you hear it too? Scan the trees and woods for woody debris for many perched birds, snoozing ducks, and wading birds such as the great blue heron intently waiting for a meal to swim past. As you approach the gate, you are coming to the end of two-way traffic. 
If you decide not to continue on, you can turn around at one of the turnouts and return to the entrance. Once you take the left turn at the gate, you are on a one-way trip. Marker 3. Birds and people both need food and cover. Cattails are a prominent feature here. For birds, these plants provide thermal cover, a fine windbreak, and great shelter for nesting in the summer. These versatile plants not only provide habitat for a wide variety of birds, they also provide material for mats, bedding, and insulation for the Chinookan people who lived here for thousands of years. These early North Americans not only made use of cattails, they collected wapato, a plant with underwater tubers still found here today and eaten much like potatoes. Shall we let Meriwether Lewis tell us about it from his journals while encamped on the banks of what is now the refuge? In this pond, the natives inform us they collect great quantities of wapato, which the women collect by getting into the water, sometimes to their necks, holding a small canoe, and with their feet, loosen the wapato or bulb of the root from the bottom from the fibers, and it immediately rises to the top of the water. They collect and throw them into the canoe. Those deep roots are the largest and best roots. Like humans, swans too use their feet to locate and loosen wapato tubers from the bottom of the wetland. They then stick their heads under water, like bobbing for apples, and pull the tuber from the soil and swallow it whole. Keep an eye out here on both sides of the road for the waterfowl that abound on these lakes. You might see cinnamon teal, northern shovelers, ruddy ducks, and others. Marker 4. A Gated Community At this gate, you may very well see raptors, that is, birds of prey like eagles and hawks, perching in the trees right above your head. Beyond this point, waterfowl, raptors, and other wildlife truly live in a gated community. While portions of the River S and Cardi Unit are open to the public, the rest of the refuge remains closed to the public and is managed as a sanctuary area for the needs of wildlife. A portion of the refuge is open to waterfowl hunting between October and January. Many waterfowlers enjoy recreational hunting on national wildlife refuges and contribute to conservation through purchasing duck stamps. Many national wildlife refuges were created with funds from hunters. Marker 5. Slough or River On your right, peek between the breaks in the forest to see Bower Slough. A slough is a shallow waterway, and this was one of the many narrow arms of the Columbia River that reached into the heart of the refuge before dikes were built. If you're lucky, you may see playful river otters. Bower Slough is also a favorite haunt for majestic wood ducks. Listen, can you hear their whistling call? The trees above you are Oregon ash that thrive in the moist soils near these waterways. Plant communities that occur between wetland and upland habitats are often called riparian, derived from the Latin word ripa that means riverbank. Riparian forests provide vital habitat for songbirds for nesting, cover, feeding, and rest. Look up into the tree canopy along the slough. During migration, this is a great place to view some warblers and other migrating birds. Also, throughout the winter, 
Look for chickadees, kinglets, jays, and the occasional great horned owl. Marker 6. Grasses all around. On your right, you will see a common plant on the refuge, the Himalayan blackberry. It was introduced by settlers who thought this tasty berry plant would do well here. Unfortunately, it has done a bit too well and has crowded out some of the native plants upon which wildlife depend. Refuge staff and volunteers are working hard to remove these and other pesky invasive, but it is slow going. Volunteers are always needed to help with this important work. In the winter, these wetlands are a good place to spot dusky Canada geese. Listen carefully to their call. From October to April, look for a larger, darker colored goose with a chocolate brown breast and back coloration, often found in small or isolated groups. The Ridgefield Refuge was established to help protect this subspecies of Canada goose, whose population has been declining over the past decades. The Duskies are in trouble because the 1964 Alaska earthquake uplifted their nesting habitat and made them more vulnerable to predators. Should you spot dusky Canada geese along the drive, look for red plastic bands on their necks. This costume jewelry is labeled with a unique code for each bird, somewhat like the license plate of your car uniquely identifies your vehicle. Careful observation of marked dusky Canada geese help biologists learn more about these birds, such as where they go, what they eat, and how long they live. Marker 7. Rest Lake and a rest stop for you. Phew! After all that wildlife viewing, you deserve to get out and stretch your legs. But don't think there's nothing to see. Stop and listen a while before getting out and enjoying this stop. You are at the Rest Lake Observation Blind, where you will be able to scan Rest Lake without being seen by the wildlife. This blind was reconstructed in memory of David Dines, one of the original members of the Friends of Ridgefield National Wildlife Refuge. You might note some of his reflections on the refuge as you walk the trail to the blind. From October 1st through May 31st, this is the only place where you can get out of the car and the only restroom on the tour route. The walk to the blind is a chance to see birds in the trees. Look for the black-capped chickadee, the ruby-crowned and the golden-crowned kinglets, and the white-breasted nuthatch. Rest Lake is the biggest lake on the River S unit and is generally flooded year-round. A great variety of wildlife uses this lake. If you visit in the fall and winter, you are likely to see cackling Canada geese and other subspecies of Canada geese, tundra swans, northern pintail, northern shoveler, and many other waterfowl. If you visit in the spring and summer, great egrets, American bitterns, marsh wrens, and possibly the rare black tern can be seen. Here are a few of the calls you are likely to hear. <coughs> This blind is an excellent place to observe tundra swans in the winter, who like to stay in the middle of Rest Lake. Why do you suppose they do this? Possibly because they feel secure surrounded by all that water. Perhaps this wetland is aptly named Rest Lake. 
a place where wildlife can find undisturbed rest and solitude. Marker 8. Kiwa Trail The Kiwa Trail is open May through September, so come back often and enjoy a walk that meanders through ash forest and marsh areas to provide a wonderful bird-watching experience. The 1.5-mile loop trail is accessible for wheelchairs. Around marker 8, you may be able to get a view of some waterfowl. Look for the blue-winged teal, cinnamon teal, shovelers, and others here. And in the grasses, cattails and brush, look for the marsh wren and winter wren. Also look to the skies for raptors. You may see northern harriers, red-tailed hawks, and bald eagles. Look carefully. Sometimes these creatures are hard to spot. What's that out there basking along the shoreline? Is it a beaver? A muskrat? No, it's a nutria. Unlike many of the native mammals, the nutria is not shy and can be seen swimming, sunning, and foraging along the waterways throughout the day. These large South American rodents were brought to the Pacific Northwest by fur farmers in the 1930s. Unfortunately, they escaped the nutria farms and have populated the Columbia River ecosystem. These water-loving rodents eat native vegetation and displace our native wildlife. Their burrows and tunnels cause thousands of dollars of damage to the refuge levees each year. The refuge even has a race of albino nutrias. If you get lucky, you might see beavers, muskrats, and river otters in the sloughs. River otters can be identified by their long bodies, playful nature, and graceful dives. Beavers are out mainly at dawn and dusk and can occasionally be found if one is patient and observant. Muskrats, which like beavers are rarely seen, look very much like small nutria. Watch for dark whiskers and a ruddering trail on the water's surface, propelling the animal along. Marker 9. Ashes, ashes, we all fall down. The Oregon ash forest provides habitat year-round for a variety of wildlife. Ash is one of the first trees to lose its leaves in the fall and is the last to leaf out in the spring. When the trees are leafless, birds are a little easier to spot, so spend some time here. You might hear owls or white-breasted nuthatches. In the spring, ash forests offer resting and refueling habitat for many neotropical migrants. These birds travel long distances between their wintering habitat in the tropics and their nesting habitat in North America. In the summer, the cavities of the old ash trees provide tree swallows, nuthatches, wrens, and other cavity nesters a place to raise their young. Depending on the species, these hardy birds might spend the winter in Mexico, Central America, or even South America. It is hard to believe that a bird that weighs much less than a granola bar can migrate between continents. As you can see from the many fallen and partially felled ash trees, this part of Bower Slough is a haven for resident beavers as well. Volunteers have placed protection on the base of some of these trees. Most of the tall grass you see everywhere is reed canary grass. 
another invasive species that has usurped a lot of wetland habitat and crowded out native plants and animals. It grows in the sun or shade and creates a thick mat of roots and older plant material which prevents other plants from growing. You won't see very many ash seedlings growing up in the reed canary grass. Once the older ash trees die off, there will be no younger trees to replace them. Volunteers are helping to save these beautiful ash forests by planting organ ash seedlings. If you would like to help, please check the Friends website for opportunities, www.ridgefieldfriends.org. Marker 10. Water, water everywhere. If you look to your left, the short posts in this part of the lake are double-crested cormorant's favorite place to rest and dry off. On your right is another prime location to see dusky Canada geese in the winter. Look in the wet meadow area on the other side of the slough. You might only see heads and necks as the birds watch you watching them. The irony of bird watching. Many plants grow in the summer and are flooded in the winter. Smartweed and other plants provide much-needed nutrition for the refuge's overwintering waterfowl. These wetland plants provide seeds that are an important food for ducks, geese, and other waterfowl. The wetlands are also teeming with invertebrates, the tiny bugs that provide nutrients and proteins for wildlife uniquely adapted to separate bugs from mud and water. Do you see any black duck-like birds with white bills that thrust their heads forward as they swim like strutting chickens? That's no duck at all. It's an American coot. Unlike ducks, these critters have no webbing between their toes, making them a closer relative to rails and not ducks. This is a moment when, if it walks like a duck and talks like a duck, might not be a true statement. Marker 11. Pipes and Drains Note the water control structures in this area, whose valves allow water to move from lake to lake. When the water level is low in August and September, many shorebirds such as sandpipers, dowagers, and yellow legs are skillfully locating and consuming invertebrates from within the mudflat, fueling for their migration to warmer areas. Considerable effort is spent managing wetlands on the refuge. This management is an effort to maximize each wetland's potential for wildlife needs in the form of food and protective cover. Each wetland area has the ability to have the water's depth, amount, and duration individually controlled. This provides a variety of habitats for the needs of the diverse wildlife that call the refuge home. Don't be surprised to see a wet area in the winter look like a lush, moist meadow in the late summer. In some instances, Wetland plants require partial drying for seed production for both waterfowl food and the next season's plant production. The River S is completely surrounded by a levee so that the water is controlled by pumping water in and out. You can't have a kitchen sink without a drain, nor a faucet without a stopper. You will notice evidence of water management throughout this unit. Look for the system of large metal water control structures along the road, which are essentially large faucets and stoppers that allow each wetland to be individually filled and drained 
to meet wildlife and habitat objectives. Marker 12. Resting again? I know what you're thinking. Rest like again? From this vantage point, you are able to get a good look at some of the waterfowl you couldn't see from the observation blind. Depending on what time of the year you visit, you may see quirky, ruddy ducks, beautiful buffalo heads, gulls, cinnamon teals, pintails, mallards, gray egrets, and a whole lot more. If you visit in the fall and winter, be sure to keep a sharp eye while driving to your next stop. You just may see some sandhill cranes. Sandhill cranes are a state-endangered species in Washington. Cranes at Ridgefield nest in British Columbia and migrate nonstop down the coastline to the lower Columbia River. Ridgefield is a primary migration stopover location for these birds. Most birds will refuel in the area and migrate on to southern Oregon and California, with a few hundred cranes overwintering in the lower Columbia River. If you would like an up-close and personal view of the cranes, join us for our BirdFest and Bluegrass Festival the second weekend of October, when we celebrate the return of these magnificent birds. Early in the morning, you will hear this haunting primeval call. This marker is the perfect place to watch great blue herons, red-tailed hawks, and northern harriers hunt. Also, if you watch the reeds really closely, some of them may look as if they are starting to walk away. Don't worry, you aren't hallucinating. You've just been lucky enough to see an American bittern. These birds are masters of camouflage, so it will take a lot of patience to find them. Here is their call. Marker 13, Raptor Cafe. Not only can you often spot a raptor here, rough-legged hawks, northern harriers, red-tailed hawks, American kestrel, you can often see other predators at work, such as coyotes. The reason? These fields provide ample food for meat-eaters. The drier fields within the floodplain, like the ones surrounding you, are full of mice and voles. The raptors, coyotes, and even herons are catching small mammals as they scurry for cover in the surrounding fields. Be patient and observant. You might see a snack captured before your very eyes. There are strange ecological things occurring within your view. Along the edge of the fields near the dikes are Oregon white oak trees. This species ordinarily lives in well-drained soils above the floodplain, such as the Oaks to Wetlands Trail on the Cardi unit. But here, where subtle topography creates dry benches in the floodplain, oaks have taken root and thrive to an old age. Taken in perspective, we're only talking about a few feet of elevation from the wetland to the oak's roots, yet it means the world to the oak's survival. In Ridgefield, we often hear the coyotes howl. It's one of the many reminders of the wild environment right next door to us. Throughout the year, you will also see great blue herons on both sides of the road. They love the rodents and snakes they can find in these fields. Starting in September, you will probably also see sandhill cranes in these fields or flying above. You can distinguish them from the great blue herons because cranes are usually in groups while the great blues are solitary. Another way to tell them apart is to look for the red crown of the adult cranes. 
If you're really lucky, you might even be able to see the display dancing of the cranes. If you're visiting during the winter months, November through April, you will no doubt see before you hundreds, if not thousands, of Canada geese. The road ahead is a great location to observe cackling geese or cacklers. Cacklers are the most abundant wintering goose in the area. They often occur in large flocks in large open pastures, like the field next to you. Cacklers are very small birds with dark breasts that tend to have hues of bronze. Cacklers are named for their high-pitched goose-like call. Think of a dog's bark delivered by a chihuahua versus a Great Dane. They both deliver a similar bark, but the size of the dog plays a large role in the tone of the voice. Such is the call difference between a cackling goose and a Canada goose. Another chance for you to pay close attention to the sights and sounds around you. As you look at geese, look for mixed flocks, ranging from large to small and tan to brown. This will be the tool you need to identify cacklers, dusky Canada geese, and everything in between. You might even see some snow geese or an occasional white-fronted goose mixed into the flock. Marker 14, Final Stop Thank you for visiting Ridgefield National Wildlife Refuge. Every season is different, and there's always the chance that you will see something new and inspirational. In the words of Meriwether Lewis, who with the Corps of Discovery camped on refuge lands November 5, 1805, I slept but very little last night, for the noise kept up during the whole of the night by swans and geese on a small sand island. They were immensely numerous, and their noise horrid. Perhaps today the noise is not so horrid to us. Now, two centuries later, the Ridgefield National Wildlife Refuge is a place set aside specifically for the protection, conservation, and perpetuation of these wildlife resources. The refuge is a place to enjoy the splendor of nature and rekindle the next generation's connection with wildlife. Please be sure to visit the Cardi unit on the north side of Ridgefield. This part of the refuge represents a unique opportunity to experience a reproduction of a Chinookan plank house, along with an interesting year-round nature hike. As Meriwether Lewis noted upon meeting the Cathlipotal people for the first time, I observed on the channel which passes on the starboard side of this island is situated a large village, the front of which occupies nearly a quarter mile fronting the channel, and closely connected I counted 14 house in front. Seven canoes of Indians came out from this large village to view and trade with us. They appeared orderly and well disposed, and they accompanied us a few miles and returned back. If you would like to schedule a group tour or field trip, please call the refuge staff who will be glad to assist you. The Cathlipotal Plank House is open weekends from late April to early October and there are many special events during this time period. The Oaks to Wetlands Hiking Trail is available year-round and consists of a two-mile loop that ranges from deep forest to great views of the wetlands. If you would like to help improve the habitat of this refuge or help educate others about the importance of nature and national wildlife refuges like this one, please sign up to be a friend and or volunteer. Each time you visit the refuge, 
You will make new discoveries and enjoy new sights. Thank you so much for joining us today, and please revisit us often. Please remember to return this CD to the Visitor Contact Station. Thank you.